Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Mark chapter 5, verse 22 through 42. This is the passage of scripture I felt led to share with you all this morning. It says this, Then a leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him, My little daughter, can somebody say daughter, is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with them, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she could, she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, get this, daughter. Can somebody say daughter again? Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. While he was still the leader of the synagogue, they told him, your daughter is dead. Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, Don't be afraid, just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's all leave. He said, get out of here with that attitude. He said, he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room. Where the, where the girl was, was lying, holding her hand, he said, Talitha Koum. Which, you know, I had to look this up because, you know, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce that. You ever, like, see a word in the Bible, you have to look up a YouTube version. How do you, you know you don't know how to pronounce it anyways. But it, said, but it means, little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old, somebody say 12. Isn't it interesting? Woman had the issue of blood for 12 years. This little girl was 12 years old. Immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and were totally amazed. The title for this morning's message is this, The Tell of Two Daughters. The Tell of Two Daughters. Can we pray? Lord Jesus, have your way today. This is all about you. Holy Spirit, do what I cannot do, and that is change the heart of people, Lord, and change lives. Spirit of God, move. Fall fresh on us. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' mighty name, if you believe that, can you say amen? Come on, say amen. Come on, one more time on your way back to your seat. Can you go ahead and give God a shout or a hand clap of praise and ovation of worship? You may be seated. God bless you. Thank you for standing. The tale of two daughters. I want to do something different before we move forward in this message. Uh, I want to start off by bringing up two daughters of this house by the names of Pearl and Summer Green, along with their parents. Come on, church family. Can you show some love to the Green family as they make their way up? Come on, aren't they adorable? They have their shoes. Yeah, she's smiling. 
She got the shoes. She got the bow. She got all the cupcake on her, on her dress and everything. Um, for those that do not know, um, yeah, come on, front and center. You're good. Awesome. How's it going? Y'all good? Oh, I love y'all's outfits. Um, for those that don't know, um, thank you, Dad. For those that don't know, um, Pearl and Summer, you know, their parents, Stephen and Lori. Um, Stephen and Lori, they are the children's directors here at Riverside Church. And don't they do a great job leading our children's ministry over here? And, um, you know, and aren't they just cuties, by the way? They're so cute, Pearl and Summer. And what's amazing about this family is that um, they serve alongside one another. From, from the oldest to the youngest, I've heard that, that Pearl and Summer will actually help clean the tables and put up the toys after ch children's church as well. And this is Summer right here, and this is Pearly. And I love those names, by the way. And they have a little boy named Fox, and he's the cutest thing as well. Y'all make some beautiful kids, by the way. And, um, you know, Pearl and Summer are actually part of our wedding as well. They were the flower girls that were there, and we just love them so much. And the reason I bring them up on stage is not just because, you know, of course, they're adorable, but also because me and Steven, remember when we were talking a while back, and we're talking about Pearl and Summer and the, and the gifts and the miracles that they are, but we're also talking about how these two daughters, right, of yours, that they have a lot of similarities, right? I mean, share the same last name, born within a year of each other. They just had their birthday. Y'all had a good birthday party, by the way. I saw the slides and everything, and share the same last name, live in the same home, and had a similar upbringing, but yet Pearl and Summer couldn't be more different. In fact, this uh, past Wednesday after service, I went over to Riverside Kids because I know that's where I will find my wife, Brooklyn, playing with Pearl and Summer after service. And, and Pearl and Summer, they're sitting on this stage. You get this. And I go up to them. I say, hey, girls, what are y'all up to? What are y'all doing? And it was so funny because, you know, Pearl, she was calm and, and reserved. And she sat there. She had her arms crossed. She smiled silently and just looked away nervously. And, and then I looked to Summer. Summer has chocolate residue all over her face. She's got goldfish in her hands, goldfish in her mouth, and she says like this, goldfish, you know, like just so blunt. It was the funniest thing, and even right before that, Brooklyn told me that she was talking to the Greens. They're talking about how Pearl talks about eating fruits and veggies and eating healthy, which is, that's so awesome, and as they're having this conversation, look behind them, and Summer's got that same chocolate just smothered all over her face. So as you can tell, they, they say that, that Pearl is the the calm one, but, but that Summer is the crazy one. Who knows, you can, you can use a little bit of crazy in your life, right? She's the wild card. She's also so funny. See, they're, they're sisters, they're daughters. They have similarities, but they're also very different as well. And we're going to do something special right now during this time. We're going to pray, and I got permission from the parents and pastor to do this. For those that do not know, Pearl right here, when she was born, and correct me if I'm wrong, Stephen, she was born with her hips being out of socket, and they have performed surgery. They went to the doctor. She's worn her cast for long periods of time. But every time, her hips keep on going out of socket. And she's younger and everything. And they have some doctor's appointments and things scheduled. But who believes that we serve a God that can heal? And we're going to pray together right now because we believe in the power of prayer. That God's going to touch and heal Pearl. And then also, Summer came up to me right before service because she knew that we're going to do this. She said, um, I, I broke my foot this past summer. You know, so we're going to pray over summer too, girl. But if you don't, if you don't mind, um, can you stretch out your hands? Can we pray together right now? And let's pray with authority because God is still moving. So right now, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray over this child. We pray over Pearl. Somebody say, in Jesus' name, heal her. 
We thank you, Lord, that by your stripes, Lord Jesus, that you're touching Pearl and that she is healed. And we ask right now, God, that you would bring, God, her hips back into socket and do not let them get out. God, do what doctors and medicine and surgeries can do. We know you use all those things, but we believe that you are a healer, that you are the great physician. So right now we pray a blessing over this family and a covering over them. And we pray over summer, God, touch your foot in Jesus' name. If you believe that, can you say amen? Come on, make some noise for the Green family. Thank y'all for coming. Love you guys. Come on, continue to make some noise real quick. Thank you, guys. Thank you, girls. Y'all are awesome. It doesn't take long. Turn to the person next to you and say, it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long. Come on. Um, but their daughters, their sisters, right, but they're very different, which brings me to the passage of Scripture from earlier where we find these two other daughters, because when you begin to read and study this story, you'll notice some key similarities, but you'll also notice some distinct differences as well. First of all, they are both sick and in need of a miracle that only Jesus can provide. Who knows that there are some things in our life that it may be impossible for man, but with God, all things are possible. And when you study this story, it's interesting to see how the younger daughter is 12 years of age, but then also this older daughter, we're just going to call her daughter, this woman with the issue of blood has had this illness and disease for 12 years. So that means for as long as the younger daughter has been alive, this woman with the issue of blood has been fighting and battling this illness and disease. Secondly, they are both recognized as daughters. One is known as the daughter of Jairus, and the other one is called a daughter by Jesus because of her faith. And I don't know about you, but whenever I heard Jesus call her daughter, when I read that, it just stirred up something in my spirit to see Jesus call this lowly woman a daughter. And believe it or not, this is the only time recorded in all of Scripture where Jesus calls any woman a daughter. And notice how he didn't call her a daughter because she had it all together. She had her ducks in the row, and she was perfect. No, Jesus called this woman, who would have been considered an outcast by society, a daughter. A woman that due to her condition, she couldn't even enter into a place of worship like the temple because her sickness made her ceremony unclean. Because people during that time, they equated sickness and disease with sin taking place in their life. That's why whenever the disciples were around Jesus, when they were talking to a blind man, they asked, they said, who sinned? Because they thought that those people were cursed and people would ostracize and push them to the side and separate themselves from them. And this woman, she spent all the money that she had trying to find a cure, trying to get well. She spent it all. She had nothing and it says that she didn't get better, but yet she got worse. And it's the same woman that had the nerve, the faith, the goal, and the audacity to push through the crowd of people because she heard about this man by the name of Jesus that everywhere that he goes, miracles follow after him. And she goes and pushes through the crowd, and she touches Jesus. And it says that in that moment, Jesus felt power leave his body. And he asked, he said, who touched me? Who touched me? And the disciples said, don't you see all the people that are around you? 
But Jesus sensed that this wasn't an ordinary touch, but this was a desperate touch from a desperate woman that was in need of a miracle. And this woman, she throws herself at the feet of Jesus, and the scripture says that she is trembling in fear. Can you imagine how vulnerable she felt in that moment? Can you imagine how exposed she felt? She was put in front of all these people. Jesus is on the way to heal one daughter, but then this crazy daughter comes in and interrupts Jesus. I think she was the crazy one, y'all. She was the summer. And Jesus, he doesn't send her away. He doesn't take back the, the healing, right? You know, wouldn't that be crazy? You didn't ask. Boom. You know, her, the faith drew it out of Jesus. No, 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 no. He says, daughter, somebody say daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You will, your suffering is over. Jesus could have called this woman anything else, but yet he called her a daughter. Who's thankful for a God that calls us sons and daughters even when we don't deserve it? He could have called her anything else, but yet he called her a daughter. Maybe it's because he saw the parallel between her and the daughter that he was heading towards. Or maybe it's because he noticed the childlike faith that she had that she could be healed simply by touching a piece of his clothing. Think about that for a second. The scripture says she thought that she could be healed by touching the hem of his garment. Jesus wasn't even heading towards her. He was passing by. And what anybody else would have been seen as like a, just a regular stroll from Jesus, she saw as a miracle in motion. Think about that. Because children, many times, they have the awe and wonder that many of us as adults tend to lose at times. Right here, I've heard it said before, right? This, this could be, to me and you, this is a water bottle, but to a child... This could be a rocket ship. This could be a boat. This could be so many different things. Question, what is going on in your life that, seem, that seems regular and normal and mundane, but God wants you to have the childlike to faith to believe that even in those moments, God can do something miraculous in those moments. But Jesus, he called her a daughter. And the first point I felt led to share with you, and I just want to be obedient to what I felt the Spirit of God wanted me to share with y'all this morning. I want to give you two, two quick points. The first point, first point I want to give you this morning is this, that you are a child of God. That in the same way that it was by faith that she became a daughter in the eyes of God, so it is for us. That it is by grace, through faith in Jesus, that we become sons and daughters of the Most High God. You're not just like everybody else. If you have placed your faith in Jesus, guess what? You are considered a child of God. And God has your back. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 10 through 12, says it like this. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Who's thankful that you are a child of the Most High God? 
it's so important because I know we've heard this statement, I am a child of God. We've heard it in the songs. We see it in the scripture. We see it on t-shirts. We see it on social media, and it can become cliche. But can I tell you something? There is power in viewing and seeing, identifying yourself as a child of the Most High God. Don't ever become numb to that. See, because I believe that if we don't see ourselves as children of God, we can actually become more religious than relational towards God. And the reason I believe many people have a hard time viewing themselves as a child of God is because they, they fail to view God as a good father. And perhaps it's because they may have experienced or maybe didn't experience love and acceptance from their earthly parents or earthly father, and therefore they project it onto the heavenly father. And let me encourage somebody real quick, maybe in the building or watching online, that yes, you may have grown up with parents that may have been absent or abusive, but don't ever allow that to stop you from receiving the love from your perfect heavenly father. You serve a good, good father. You serve a good dad, and he cares for you. He called her daughter. I don't know why Jesus chose that word daughter, but I imagine in my mind, I can imagine this woman maybe feeling so alone, this woman with the issue of blood, feeling so neglected, feeling so overlooked, to maybe to where even her own family, those with their same flesh and blood, those around her, I can imagine, pushing her away. She didn't get invited to certain things. They didn't want to be seen around her. They didn't want to carry that shame. But Jesus, in this very moment, wanted to take this moment to confirm and let her know that it doesn't matter what other people may think. It doesn't matter what other people may say. It doesn't matter what other people may do to you. But you are my daughter. You are my child. And you are not alone. You are not forsaken. You are not forgotten. The Bible says, I I have not seen the righteous forsaken. I came to tell you, if you are a child of God, God sees you. Somebody say, somebody shout out, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. It's so important that we, we know this because even Jesus, think about this. At one point in Jesus' ministry, he brings a child before the disciples. And he tells them, he said, if you want to even enter into the kingdom of heaven, you got to become like one of these little children. What a bold and interesting statement from Jesus, right? And I believe what Jesus was trying to say in that moment is that in the same way that children place strong faith and trust in their parents, we should place our strong faith and trust in him. And that we cannot become so prideful and arrogant, but we have to humble ourselves as little children before the Lord. The Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. But get this. Jesus said that we should be childlike in our faith. And I want to insert this real quick. He said that we should be childlike in our faith, right? But he didn't, that doesn't give us an excuse to act childish with immaturity. Hello. Because the Apostle Paul even said in the book of Corinthians, he said that whenever I became a man, I put away childish things. Because who knows that, yes, children naturally have more faith and trust than parents, but they also have a tendency to throw a temper tantrum and act immature and be selfish and want to get their own way. So we live in this dichotomy. We live in the middle of, all right, I got to be childlike, but I don't want to act childish and immature. 
Come on, who in here has ever acted childish or done something immature, even as an adult? I'll be the first one to raise my hand, right? Like, my dad would tell me, and it's so funny because I don't know if you noticed before, but maybe you had certain insecurities when you were younger that you thought you overcame and that you got over, and all of a sudden as you get older, something just comes out, but it was something that was from your childhood. Like, whenever I was little, my dad always said that. I would go up to all my friends and say, hey, uh, um, are, are you my friend still? Are we still friends? And I would go around because I was insecure of losing relationships and losing friends. And over the past couple years, this is something I've had to overcome and that, that God's been helping me out with. And also my father, where even I'll find myself saying, did I make them upset? Did I say something wrong? Are, they, are we good? And I begin to replay in my mind. And my dad told me, he said, son, you don't have to fear people if you have a fear of God in your life. But those things, I was acting childish and I don't know about you, maybe, maybe for you, you're getting very upset and you're losing your temper over things that are small and dumb. Come on, somebody. Maybe you are getting offended over something that's so small and minuscule. Maybe you are craving the center of attention and the spotlight and because of ego and pride. I believe that when we get to heaven one day, we're going to look back and think, why did I waste my time, my effort, my talent, and my energy on childish things like that whenever I know that I am a child of the Most High God? Come on, let Riverside Church be a church that is mature. Let us be a church that doesn't act childish. Let's make sure that we are a church that doesn't spread gossip. We spread the gospel. We don't break people down. We build people up that, yes, we are children of God, but we should not act childish. It is time to grow up. It is time to develop. It is time to mature. But at the same time, don't lose your faith. Don't lose your awe. Don't lose your wonder of God. The basic things that we see every day, kids look at those same things and say, wow, let's make sure that we never become numb to God and who he is in our life. He called her a daughter. Somebody say, don't act childish. Reminds me of a story whenever I was a kid in middle school, y'all, and um, I went to a church conference with my family, and there was a lot of very well-known, like, like, like pastors and, and worship artists and people that were there. And at one point during the conference, y'all, they called up the children and the teenagers on stage so they can pray over our generation. I won't forget, I rushed up on the stage, y'all. And whenever I rushed up on the stage, I saw a worship artist that I followed and I liked. I'll go ahead and say his name. His name's William McDowell. Anybody have heard of William McDowell, right? I'll sing during, I sang during first service, so I'll sing during this service. He's, he's the one that sang the song, I give myself away. If you haven't heard him, you need, I was listening to him this morning before this message. It just, I feel the anointing. I just prayed to his songs many times. You know, it's, it's awesome. And even being in middle school, I would listen to his music, and I saw, I'm going to be on the worship team next week, Haley. Mark my words. Just kidding. No, I'm not. They sucked all the talent for singing, right? But I won't forget, he was passing by, praying over people. I mean, like, it was awesome. God was moving, right? The children were on the stage. You, you know, children were being, you know, delivered. Uh, teenagers were being prophesied over. God was moving. You could feel God's presence. But to be honest, I saw him passing by, and I was starstruck for a second. And I thought to myself, I've been wanting to meet him. And I stretch out my hand, and I tap him on the shoulder, y'all. And I kid you not, I tap him on the shoulder. I didn't know what I was going to say or do. I just wanted attention. And he turned towards me. He, like, first of all, he was looking around like Jesus did. Like, who touched me? Like, he's looking around, and, and he turns around. And imagine 
Caleb, you know, 12-year-old Caleb, 13-year-old Caleb, spiky hair, big old eyes. I just grew into my eyes more. You know, I called it the great wall of Caleb, right? And I'm right there. I don't know what to say or do, whatever. I'm just there silent, like, you know, silent. And I smile and wave. And he had such a confused look on his face, y'all. He kept on walking. It was one of the like most embarrassing moments in my life. It was so awkward. Have you ever done something just immature and childish and you feel awkward after? Like, did I really just do that? I forgot why I shared that story with you. Just kidding. But I guess to say this, let's make sure. That, see, what I did, childish. I didn't have a prayer request. I didn't need a miracle. I just wanted attention. But what the woman did, childlike. We have to live in the balance, in the awareness, and have enough discernment to make sure that we are childlike, but also that we don't give in to being childish. Is anybody ready to receive everything that God has for you? Is anybody ready to have childlike faith? Because I came to tell you that God sees you. If you place your faith in Jesus and walk with, he sees you as a son and daughter of the most high God. Jesus took care of those needs. He took care of that daughter because I believe the childlike faith that she had to believe that if she simply touched him, that she would receive the healing that she needed in her body. Because God takes care of his children. And that's the second point I want to give you, that God takes care of his children. Going back to these two daughters, I want to talk about this for a second. Yes, like these two girls, they had a lot of similarities, but also what stands out to me is like they're, they're huge differences. Think about this. Especially when it came to their, their influence and when it came to their status. Because we know that the woman of issue, with the issue of blood, she was broke, busted, disgusted. She had nothing. Why? She spent it all that she had. But this woman, this other younger daughter, Jairus' daughter, she came from a, a family that would have been considered wealthy. The older daughter couldn't even go into the place of worship like a synagogue because she was considered unclean. But Jairus, he was the leader of the local synagogue. This woman was considered an outcast, but Jairus' daughter came from a family of influence. And I don't know about you, but it just warmed my heart to know that Jesus didn't overlook one over the other, but he took the time to spend with them both and converse with them and pour into them and meet those needs. Yes, that woman had faith because the scripture says that without faith is impossible to please God, right? Faith without works is dead. There are some things that God has for you in your life that he has available to you. The question is, do you have the faith to believe for it and reach out and grab a hold of it? Come on, turn to the person next to you and say, God has more for you. But Jesus healed that need. They were daughters, but they were so different, which makes me think that it doesn't matter who you are and what you come from or what your upbringing or pedigree or education was like. Education, no education. Rich, poor, black, white, Republican, Democrat, got it going on, falling apart. Can I tell you something? We all need Jesus in our lives. None of us are exempt from receiving the blood of Jesus and what he has done in our lives. Come on, turn to the person next to you and say, you need him. You need him. 
See, some of us just haven't come to the point in real, real, realization that we need Jesus in our life. But sometimes life just knocks you down, and you felt like you've lost all your strength, and you feel like you have no other option other, to, other than to cry out to your Heavenly Father and say, Abba, Father, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. God, I can't do this on my own. Oh, come on. Has anybody ever been in a place where you hit rock bottom? Maybe you were disobedient, but it took one moment to turn to Jesus and say, Lord, I need you. And God came in and you invited him in. Somebody say he takes care of his children. He took care of them both. Similar, but different. Because here's the good news about your God. God always takes care of his children. I think this is going to encourage and lift somebody up today. That God always takes care of his children. Isn't it funny how children don't worry about the same things that we as adults worry about? Like, when was the last time your four-year-old was in the house pacing back and forth? <sighs> you know, and you go up to like, what's wrong, sweetheart? You know, what's wrong, son, right? And they go, to, are we going to have enough money to pay the electricity this month? Do you have enough for the mortgage and the rent this month? Like, okay, no, 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 no. They don't concern themselves with things like that. Why? Because they know that as long as they are underneath your watch and your care and your covering, that you are going to be able to take care of them. And can the same thing be said about us as children and sons and daughters of the Most High God? Can we know and can I tell somebody that God will take care of you? That God will make a way where there seems to be no way? Come on, Jesus even said on the Sermon on the Mount, he said, don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough worries within itself. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or wear or whatever else. For the pagans worry about these things. For your heavenly Father knows what you need before you even ask. But seek first his kingdom kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. I understand you may have to work. I understand you may have to provide. You may have to do some things, but can I tell you something? When you do what you can do, God will do what he can do, and he is the one that can work a miracle and take care of you. I don't know what it may be. Me and Brooklyn, we've been married for a month, like three months now, right? And I can't tell you the number of times already. I almost got, I almost got in trouble. Pray for me after service. But we've been married for three months now. And I can't tell you how many times, even during this early time where we had a need and we needed something, the small things and the big things, and we prayed together, having faith to believe that God is going to be able to answer and provide, and he moves on people's hearts. He gives us favor. He opens up the door, and every single time, it builds our faith. Can I tell you something? As you follow after Jesus, and you hold his hand, and you say, Lord, I need you, God, I need, and guess what? He begins to, come on, you ever remember being a child and you're in the grocery store, you're in a place that seems foreign and unfamiliar, but if you just know that you're holding on to your parents' hand, that you're going to be just fine, it is time for us to begin to walk with Jesus and follow Jesus. Come on, in the highs and the lows, in the good and the bad, come on, Jesus is able to take care of his people. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. He took care of of them both. Let us have full faith and confidence. You can be rest assured in the fact that your God works all things together for good. And it may not work out the way that you want it to work out. Pastor CJ preached this past Wednesday and he said a quote, he said, God sees what you want, 
but he gives you what you need. Sometimes, you know, remember being a child, I want this, I want that. But God said, no, 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 like, you know, the parents say, no, 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 you can't, can't, that's a chainsaw, I can't give you that, right, you know? Let's go to the toy section, you know? There's times where God corrects, he protects, the Bible says that he chastises those that he loves. Spare the rods, both thankful God's protection and correction and teaching. He knows what's best for us. This woman, think about this. Worship team, you can go ahead and come up. I know this is simple, but it's so powerful when you see yourself as a child of God. Yes, Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood, but Jairus' daughter, as he's conversating with this woman, she ends up dying and passing away. Jairus' daughter. Can you imagine how she felt? How, how Jairus felt in that moment, getting word, and they even said to him, Jairus, don't even bother the teacher anymore. It's, it's not worth it. She's dead. She's gone for. She's done. And Jesus said, he said, don't be afraid. Have faith. Can I tell somebody today, don't be afraid. Have faith today. And Jesus was with him going back. That didn't even stop Jesus. And he goes to this home and he sends all the negative people out. Because your environment matters. That's a whole message within itself. And who you surround yourself with in your relationships, they affect you more than you know. He sends him out and he raises this, this dead, lifeless body of a 12-year-old girl from the dead. He says, little girl, Get up. I don't know what you're experiencing or what you're facing or what you're going through, but can I tell you something? It is not too big for your God. He is right there, and he's going to take care of you. It may not be the way that you want it to be, but God knows what's best, and he works all things together for good. I want to I end with this thought. Think about this for a second. If, here's some homework for you, okay? You ready? This week, when you get a chance, read the whole chapter of Mark chapter 5, which is where this, these stories take place from beginning to end. Mark chapter 5. Because you'll discover that in this chapter, the same chapter where Jesus raised Jairus' daughter back from the dead and healed the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus showed his authority in four unique ways. At the very beginning, when Jesus is crossing the Sea of Galilee with his disciples, and we know the story, right? Jesus is asleep. The winds and the waves, a hurricane, right, a cyclone, whatever, came, and it's rocking them. And they think they're going to die, and they say, they say, Jesus, do you even care? We're about to die. Like, you know, coming down, and Jesus comes out, and he just rebuked the winds and the waves. He said, peace be still. And the waves and the winds calm down. Then they get to shore, and this man who's possessed by thousands of evil spirits, who being controlled by these spirits, he comes and falls down at the feet of Jesus, and the demons speak, and they say, Son of David, have mercy on us. And they said, if you cast us out, we don't want to leave this area. Cast us into the herd of pigs. And then once the, 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 the pigs carry the demon, they get driven off the edge of the cliff into the water. Jesus cast the demons out of the man. Here's why. That sounds weird, right? It's like, hey, why, why, would they, why would the pigs run off the cliff like that? Here's why. Let me tell you. Because for people in that area... That was a Gentile region, and they would eat cow. They would eat, like, you know, unclean animals, like pigs that the Jewish people wouldn't eat. And as Jesus is on assignment heading there, 
the demons thought to themselves because they're so territorial, we're going to attack these people's income and, and their economy to drive Jesus away to where it ends with this man. Because if Jesus did this to this man, there's no telling what he's going to do over all, to all the other people and families and towns and what we've, what we've, what we've done. So the pigs fall off into the water, and the townspeople, they come out, and they're upset, right? I can imagine with their pitchforks. They say, Jesus, get out of here. But I love how even that didn't stop that man that was demon-possessed being cast out to go to a number of different cities and talk about what Jesus had done. And can I tell you, your testimony matters. Your story matters. But God, he wants to use you to make a difference in the lives of other people around you. Then he gets back in the boat because the people are upset goes back over the sea and that's where he gets on the shore and Jairus, Jairus comes and says, Jesus, my daughter is dying. And Jesus follows Jairus and along the way he's like, boom, she gets healed, right? The woman with the issue of blood. That didn't happen like that. But you know, he heals her and then he raises Jairus' daughter back from the dead. So think about this. In one chapter, we see Jesus show his authority over disasters, demons, diseases, and death. Disasters, demons, diseases, and death. Which who knows, those are the four things that freak us out so many different times that we feel like we have no control over and we're freaking out and we're being afraid. But can I tell you something? Jesus has authority over it all. And because he has authority over it all, we don't have to be afraid of the, 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 the world, of the enemy, of sickness and disease and even death. Why? Because Jesus has overcome it all. And what I came to tell somebody this morning is this, that the same God who spoke spoke the word and walked in that authority lives inside of you. The spirit of Christ that raised Jesus from the dead dwells and lives inside of us as believers. And that same father is watching over his children today. So let us not be afraid. Let us not be worried. Let us not be scared. But let us stand in the authority as a son and daughter of the most high God. I came to tell somebody that there is no disaster. There is no demon. There is no devil in hell. There is no disease. There is no death that can separate you from the love of your heavenly Father. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on, if you know that you are a child of the Most High God, and you know that God is turning things around, by faith can we worship him. By faith can we praise him. Come on, let's stand strong. Come on, we are a child. We are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is on our side. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Come on, can we sing it out right now before we leave? Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.